Hi again, everybody. It's the Pirate People Podcast from North Central Missouri College's Pirates Digital Media, and I am Rick Cole. On this week's podcast, we take a break from our normal format. We've invited the NCMC Diversity and Inclusion Strategic Planning Committee to participate in the Pirate People podcast. Their mission is to foster and promote an environment of equity and inclusiveness in our educational programs, policies, campus life, as well as employment, extracurricular activities, and community involvement. One of the committee's goals is to mobilize current organizations and entities on campus to help promote diversity and inclusion. And thus, Pirates Digital Media is happy to present this conversation on the issue of book banning. It features Eliza Duncan and moderator Christy Harris. Let's go now to the Pirate People podcast. Hello and welcome. Uh, this is a conversation about banned books. Um, my name is Liza Duncan and I am a marketing and interlibrary loan librarian here at NCMC. Hmm. Hi, and I'm Christy Harris. I'm the Chief of Staff at North Central Missouri College. So Liza, I'm going to go straight into the conversation. Why don't you tell me how, how do you define a banned book? What makes a book banned? So basically, I would divide, define a banned book as uh, a book being brought forth to some sort of uh, governing body and that governing body deciding whether or not that book should be in their controlling library's collection. And so, uh, for example, like a, a book often gets brought up to school boards and then school boards usually decide on um, whether or not it should belong in all the school districts libraries and so usually it gets removed from school districts but otherwise that's how I would define a banned book. Are there any common criteria used when determining if a book should or shouldn't be banned? Uh, the, many re uh, the main reason why books are usually banned is because of their content. Uh, so some examples are explicit language, uh, sexual content, and sometimes even political and social content. And so uh, while uh, this book might not be as controversial as some other books are, uh, it can still cause an uproar in a community that feels offended by the book and um, and they just don't want their children to have an access to it usually. So usually it's uh, uh, the content of the book as well as some community pressure to why a book may become banned. And has this criteria changed over time? Not really, actually. So uh, because, you know, people are often, you know, usually just uncomfortable uh, with content uh, and so it just kind of and usually whenever people are uncomfortable they uh, give pushback and so and um, and especially whenever it comes to children usually people really do push back on certain things um, and so um, but as time moves on some books may even though a book may have been banned at one point it may not be as you know how am I supposed to explain this? Uh, so basically, it's just like for The Great Gatsby, for example, it got banned for um, sexual content, but yet there are other books allowed in a library that could have way more sexual content, that, and yet it's still in a library. So, um, so I think that just sensitization over time changes the criteria of what books should be banned, what shouldn't be, but otherwise, usually it is just... Um, 
you know, still the explicit content and also community pressure, what usually gets books banned. Also, things just change over time. Yes. Opinions change over time. Mm -hmm. Content changes over time. Public opinion changes. Mm -hmm. So probably those have to do a lot with what is yes. and isn't as well. Who, so who ultimately decides how and when a book is going to be banned? So usually it is some sort of governing body. So like, like I've mentioned, school boards are usually the big culprits to whenever it comes to um, banning books because, you know, again, young minds, uh, you know, they, they're not getting, they're not wanting to get access to a certain book. Um, but also some government, like also some cities can also have power, but also state houses can as well. Because, for example, Missouri just banned a book, uh, or just banned um, books that have sexual images in it. And so, uh, and basically these books, they, they can't have any artistic value. So things like... Uh, uh, comic books and and Japanese manga, they are often the critics of this Missouri ban, and so um, and so um, usually, so between school boards and state houses, it's usually some sort of forming body. Uh, but you may have heard of ALA or uh, American Library Association. Uh, they do not ban books of any kind because they believe that in uh, freedom of intellection or uh, intelligence or freedom of learning. So uh, they keep track of how many books get banned, but otherwise they do not. Uh, they do not ban books themselves and do a wide ban on any book. So. So, Liza, do books become unbanned? Is there any, ever an instant where, instance where a book will become be banned but then become unbanned over time? Uh, yes. Um, so, I mean, of course, with banning a book, it's often a lot of the same process. So usually you just bring a book to a governing body and be like, hey, this book is has been banned or just recently got banned, but yet we have these books all here. So why is this one banned whenever it's very similar to these ones? So you can also make that time. But also, as we mentioned earlier, you know, opinions change, you know, uh, you know, the politics change, you know, the social stuff changes. So, um, so with all those things in mind, usually over being a few years, but, you know, the ideas of uh, books, uh, you know, how can I put this? Uh, so basically, you know, the harshness of a book can definitely be diminished because, you know, after we look back at something after a few years, we can be like, oh, that's that's actually not as bad as I thought it was. But still, it but it can definitely be something as like a present moment. But yeah, but basically, so essentially over time, a book can be reinstated into a library just because. Um, and then also... Um, Again, uh, you can't always bring the book back to that specific governing body just like you would bring, up, bring it up at a school board. And then also, another thing that I want to point out is that whenever books get banned, it's not like a total ban. Like, it's not a nationwide ban. So it might be harder to get it in a school library. It may be harder to get it in a public library. It might not be taught in schools. But um, it is not a nationwide ban. So... Um, so you still can access the book through like Amazon and then possibly other public libraries in other districts. Uh, so that's just so yeah, a book may be considered 
banned, but it's not a total ban. So you can still access the content. Yes, yes. Got it. That's that's the ultimate thing I'm trying to say. <laughs> yes, yes. I, it makes me think of similar media they, movies we would have thought 20 years ago were inappropriate, rated R. Now compared to like a rated R movie now is completely yes. different. Or songs we thought were really risque compared to what songs are now. You know, it's just very different. Yes. So, great. Are there any benefits to banning a book? If so, what are they? Okay, so usually, so since banning books mainly pertain to schools, a lot of the, the one of the main positives that people bring forward is that, um, it gives parents some uh, power to what their kids are learning in school or what's in their school. And so that's, and that's often, and that is a conversation that's happening right now, actually. Uh, but however, while it may be harder for the students to get a hold of, it doesn't get rid of it completely. And it also doesn't prevent authors from writing those types of books. It just makes the parents feel better um, about what they can control in their own schools. So, but otherwise, the only benefit is that it gives parents some sort of action that they can do in their schools. Is there any historical correlation between periods of extensive attempts at book banning and critical moments in history? For example, was there a spike in book banning around World War II? Oh. Has there been a spike in book banning during the pandemic? Can you talk about if there are things going on in society that makes it correlation with book banning? Okay, yeah. So, um, so I have kind of created my own little uh, timeline thanks to a website called lithub.com. They kind of gave a great timeline to the history of book banning. And so, um, but actually, uh, so... Actually, one of the first books ever banned was Uncle Tom's Cabin. It's one of the earliest books ever to create a controversy here in the U.S. But it was actually banned, I guess, quote-unquote, nationally by the Confederates. So, um, uh, or by the Confederacy because they thought it was too abolitionist or pro-abolitionist. Um, and so, and then throughout most of the years um, after the Civil War and all that, uh, usually uh, it became... A conversation about what the First Amendment rights was, because you know we were a young country, we really hadn't discussed all that much yet, and so, um, and so, one of the first Supreme Court cases was actually uh, the United States versus one book called Ulysses. So basically, uh, so basically, Ulysses has some sexual content in it, and so some people didn't like it, so they pulled it from their books, or pulled it from you know their stores and libraries and all that. So, but usually whenever it comes to Supreme Court cases, usually you just can't ban a book just because you don't like the content. Like, it's got to be accessible. You're disrupting free, you know, the freedom of knowledge and so, and freedom of the press and all that. And so it, so, it basically turned out it didn't need to be banned essentially. And so it got reinstated back into the library. Um, and then, of course, this website that I went into, it really didn't talk much about the World War II years, at least in the U.S., but we often know that World War II, it usually pertains to Germany banning a lot of books because, um, you know, they were trying to constrict, um, you know, uh, publications and everything like that. Um, and then, but 
usually, from what I have seen, I have not uh, seen anything particularly going you know, about the U.S. during this time. But this website did mention that uh, during the 1960s and 70s, there was a little bit of a decline in book banning because um, people were actually fighting over explicit art more mm -hmm. than books, which is kind of surprising. And then, uh, and then after the 70s, there was a spike again over the, uh, in banned books, uh, during the Reagan years, so probably late, late 80s. Um, I have a suspicion that's probably, they didn't necessarily say this, but most likely it's probably due to the Cold War tensions during the time. But otherwise, uh, and then of course, we fast forward to today. I definitely do think that there, it, it feels like there's a little bit of a spike going on with banned books right now. Especially because, and it was partly caused through the pandemic, because with all the, you know, online learning and everything with all that, and so, um, and then also with all the concerns about LGBTQ and critical race theory and all that, I definitely do see um, there being a rise in book book banning right now. So. I, I think it's interesting that books don't have a rating system like movies do. Right, yes. I, You know, when you watch a movie, it will say this is PG-13 because of XYZ, mm -hmm. or, or they're stating why this movie is rated for a certain reason. And I always think it's interesting why books don't have a certain rating. Right. I know there's YA versus adult books, but I've definitely read some YA books I thought yes. were way more risque than an adult book that I read. Yes, so me too. I just think that there, I just think instead of banning a book, it would be a lot more sense to me to put a rating on a book right. because that way you could know this book it has these instances on in it. So if you didn't mm -hmm. want to read about sexual activity or you didn't want to read about racism or you didn't want to read about you know different things mm -hmm. and you could know that before going into the book so. yeah right and that's definitely a conversation that can be brought up because i mean it kind of makes sense i mean of course with you know the children's the young adult and all that yeah there is you know a little bit of a ranking but still it doesn't degrade on what the content is so mm -hmm. but yeah but that can definitely be a conversation i, I mean I just, yeah, yeah that would you know, you would definitely not want your child reading something that was NC-17. Right. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind them reading Harry Potter. Yes. But some parents might not want them reading because of the magical yes. notions about it. But, uh, you know, there are just certain things that I wouldn't want my child reading. If I knew what was in that book, then I would, I as a parent, would feel more better about mm -hmm what they were reading. So, Liza, do authors who are banned file lawsuits claiming that their First Amendment rights are being violated? If they do, do they usually win these cases or do they usually not? Okay, so um, actually, uh, so I did not find a case where it was based off the authors. Mainly it had to deal with the readers being restricted from getting the book so i know that i've kind of already there is a little bit of a running theme whenever it comes to um uh banning books so i do have three examples here that i can tell you so the first one i have is board versus uh board of Ed education versus pico and this is in 1982 um so they 
this school board, they institutionalize a broad banning of books such as uh, on many topics such as it being anti-American, anti-Christian, anti-Semitic or just you know, filthy books they just didn't want in their school system. And so, but, and some of these books evolved is called a Slaughterhouse Five, which is a, a very popular band book. Um, the best stories of Negro writers and uh, down these mean streets, um, just to name a few. Uh, and then the students felt that their rights were being violated. And so, this is going to be a continuing theme, but school board, uh, basically the ruling was that school boards uh, do have some control over their schools, but you know their power is not absolute. And then, um, and then a, a judge also included that uh, books cannot simply be removed just because you know the people surrounding the school just don't like the ideas so and that that's going to be a running theme i can stress um and then of course another one since i know that harry potter is your favorite book series so this one does involve harry potter um the count uh, counts v, uh versus cedarville uh school district in 2003 um uh, this school board restricted the Harry Potter series because, you know, so, of course, we know witchcraft mm -hmm. and the occult. We know about that. But they also added this, that the books encourages disobedience and disrespect for authority. Oh, interesting. So, interesting. <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that's their point. And also, this was in 2003, by the way. So I think that was whenever the series was, like, really, really new. And I think that might have been whenever, like, the second or third book was mm -hmm. out. So if it was the second book, I can understand because that's whenever they, you know, yeah, yeah Harry and Ron it. steal the car. Breaking rules. So, and whatever. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, so that was their argument. And then they also had the students prepare, like, a pink slip to, or have a slip or a permission slip or something to prove that, like, hey, my parents are okay with this, um, with me reading this book. So, um, and then, of course, uh, the ruling was it violated students' uh, First Amendment right to uh, read and receive information. And then, again, school boards really couldn't ban books because of the content. Uh, and then the last one, this is kind of a regional one. This is Case versus Unified School District, in, and this is in 1995. Uh, in Olathe, Kansas, a school board removed a book called uh, Annie On My Mind. This, is a, uh, LG, this book has LGBTQ content in it. And uh, the school board removed it because of uh, ed educational unsuitability. So, because it talks about uh, a lesbian couple, a young lesbian couple, and this was, you know, before LGBTQ, you know, really became mainstream. And again, the, uh, the court found that uh, school boards... Uh, objected to the, to the book's premise and ideology and basically overturned the ruling. So basically, you just can't restrict books just because you don't like the content. It's basically, so there's, yeah. I mean, these books are going to be written, mm -hmm. and they're meant to be out there. So just, if you don't like it, then don't read it. <laughs> it sounds like they're using really broad terms that they could apply to anything. Like yes. educational unsuitability seems like something that they could apply or slap on anything. Yes. So that doesn't seem like it's very specific to no. I mean I can understand if they made a very specific lining that said I am banning this book because it has explicit sexual content mm -hmm. and to me explicit sexual content means something yes. that I wouldn't want my child reading but 
educational unsuitability. Yes. What does that mean? Yeah, exactly. What is, how are you defining that? That yeah. seems that seems broad and yes. undefined, which we're probably trying to stay with so that they can apply that to many different types of instances. Yes. I, when you said about the rule breaking and the, right. what did you call it? So, uh, so it was, you're talking about the Harry Potter Yeah. So it, it encouraged, encourages disobedience and disrespect disobedience. for, yeah, disobedience, disobedience. <laughs> or no, dis, uh, disrespect for authority. Yeah. So, I mean, you could apply that to so yes. many things. I'm, when you said that, the first thing I thought of was my, my little boys love the Captain Underpants series, mm -hmm. and that's all about like <laughs> rule breaking or pulling pranks, and you know they put their principal in underpants. So <laughs> that's not disrespecting authority. I don't, you know, and that's we love those books, and mm -hmm. we encourage our children to read those. Nothing against them; they're great books. But that's just, you know, like like you said, how can you ban these books when these <laughs> books are the same instance? So yes. It seems like it's very subjective, and it is. And those things are always going to be controversial when it's subjective. It is very much so. So, how does America rank in terms of banning books? Do we do more? Do we do less compared to other developed countries? I know you mentioned Germany was really yes, heavy about yeah. banning books. What about like Great Britain, France? Like, how are we compared to those other? Okay, countries? so I did not find any recent information on this, but I did kind of find a list of um, countries that are definitely at the top of the banning books looks of course one of the first is China China of course is authoritarian they don't like Western thought and so they often in you know if a book comes in from a West or a Western idea they have to vet it to make sure that it's approved like they do with a lot of other things so that's kind of no surprise there and then, of course, uh, Singapore and the Philippines also popped up on the list. So, um, because from what I have learned from another video that I've watched is that uh, uh, Singapore and the Philippines are very, very strong Christian countries. Like, they have very strict Christian views. And it often involves everyday life and in government. And so... Um, so, and they really try keeping their content, you know, educational, child-friendly at least. And so that's probably why they restrict stuff that comes in. And then, of course, I, I found that Bangladesh, Bangladesh and, English, and uh, Egypt also ban books because they're, highly, they're also the same reason as uh, Singapore and the Philippines, except... Um, and they're for Muslim views, so they have a very strong Muslim population, and so uh, they just try, they ban books that maybe don't look all favorably on the uh, Islamic religion. And so, um, but otherwise, since the U.S. wasn't mentioned, I have a feeling that we're probably pretty low on the list because, you know, we can't implement total total bans and so because you know we have this great thing called the first amendment <laughs> and so it so it, with us it's very localized and so and it's like i said not total or nationwide so we're probably ranked pretty low but i did also find uh a list that uh the most banned books by states here in the u.s so, so the top five, of course, are Texas, Florida, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, of course, there are more states that ban 
more than others. But otherwise, as a country as a whole, we're definitely low on the list. So it's a state decision. Well, it's not necessarily a state decision. They probably more districts ban more than others because whenever I was looking at the list, it was talking about, I believe, school districts, the school districts that ban books the most. Mm. And so that's why it, that, that's, and of course, Texas is a pretty big state. Florida is a pretty big state. And so that's why those states get blown up because a lot of school districts are causing uproar about books. And so, and all of these challenges are being brought forward. So that's why, um, they just bring a lot more challenges, so or, mm. or they just ban more books than some other states. Mm. So mm-hmm. this is so interesting to me because I just feel like the United States is such an emphasis on free speech mm-hmm. and such an emphasis on the First Amendment rights, and we're so uh, all about freedom. You know, where it's our freedoms and our rights, and so for banned books still to be such a controversial topic is yes. just really interesting that this is still such a topic that is discussed in today's culture. So we're about out of time. Mm-hmm. So Liza, can you um, talk about where people might be able to find more information about banned books or okay, this topic? Okay, yes. I would highly recommend going to the ALA website. They often have got... Um, uh, they uh, they often have got um, great resources on uh, banned books, even though they don't personally ban books, they, but they do provide information on it. And then also I would just check out um, any library website. They might have, you know, a banned books display or a banned book section and all that. So just check out that information. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, thank you for joining us today. Yes. And we will definitely be... Um, having additional conversations about banned books on. I know at our library in CMC, Liza can definitely help you out with any information that you have about the discussion topics that we mm-hmm. had today. So thank you for yeah. joining us. Our thanks today to Eliza Duncan and moderator Christy Harris of the Diversity and Inclusion Strategic Planning Committee at North Central Missouri College. I am Rick Cole. We say goodbye for now and go Pirates. <laughs>